Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, hey, my name is Ethan, and we are in a series called Soul Renovation. And we're talking about something that you may or may not think about a lot, and that is our soul. Your soul, my soul. You might not think about it. I may not think about it. But it's important to talk about. I've come to this conclusion. I'm not sure if I'm the first person to have this thought. I doubt it is. I am. But it's an interesting thought about most things in life. And here it is. If you want to be better, you do more. If you want to be better, you do more. If you want to be better, you try harder. If you want to be better, you put in the work. I mean, think about if you're a student. If you want to be a better student, you try harder. If you want to be a really great student, you put in the work, you study and you read and you study more and you go to tutoring. If you want to be the top of your class, you're going to put in the work so you excel as a student. Maybe uh, you're an athlete, you're into sports and you want to be the best athlete you can be. And so you're going to practice really hard and you're going to work out and you're going to watch film and you're going to train with other athletes who are really great in that sport. You're going to work harder and you're going to get better. Maybe you're serious about your career and you want to be the top in your field or the top in your office or at your company and you're going to do all you can to get there. You're going to say yes to more work. You're going to go to seminars. You're going to read leadership books. You're going to go to continuing education classes. You're going to push yourself further to get up the ladder of the company that you are in. Maybe it's a hobby. Whatever your hobby is, if you want to be really great at it, more than likely, you're going to have to be intentional about it. You're going to put some work into it, some time and some energy and maybe even some money into it. I brought some things with me today that I, at some point in my life, either now or back in the day, wanted to be really good at. The first thing is a guitar. Here it is. This is not my guitar, but um, it's very similar to my guitar. And when I was 13 years old, I picked up a guitar for the first time and I wanted to be amazing. I fell in love with it and I wanted to be the best guitar player ever. I wanted to be the next Jimi Hendrix. And so what I would do was before school, after school, on the weekends, I would play and play and play and play and watch videos on techniques and learn about all kinds of tricks and tips and picking styles and everything I could do and watch to be the best player, the best guitar player I could be. The next thing I brought with me is a golf club. This is my newest hobby. For years, my whole life, I hated golf. I thought it was so dumb. (laughs) I thought it was stupid. But my son, Liam, was interested in it. So I thought, okay, well, maybe just for him, I'll pick up, you know, a golf club and try it. And I fell in love with it. And now I think about it a lot. I think about going to the driving range. I go and swing a lot. I watch videos on where I should put my feet and where I should put my hands and where I should keep my head and swing speed. It's all kind of crazy. But what I want to do is I want to be really great at golf. And so I want to put in the work. I want to put in the time. I want to be better. So I do more. A lot of you 
work out. Ugh. You work out. You want to be great at exercising, whether you're lifting weights or you're running or you take spin classes. That was really heavy. Whatever you do, you want to be really great at it. And so you put in the time, you're consistent, you talk to your coach or you talk to your instructors, you watch videos on form, you work out with people who are stronger than you. And ultimately you want to get better and faster and stronger. And so you do more. Well, there's one thing to my knowledge that we all do that doesn't really fit the mold of do more, get better. It doesn't fit that mold. And that thing is rest. It doesn't really fit the mold of do more, get better. It's rest. When we want to rest, we do nothing, right? We do nothing. We sleep in, we lay on the couch, we watch Netflix, we take naps, we order takeout. We do as little as possible. If most of our lives can be summed up by do more, get better, then rest can be summed up by do less, rest more, right? I mean, it only makes sense. If I want to feel rested, I need to do nothing. And if I want to rest more, I must do more of nothing. But here's the problem. How do you feel after a day of doing nothing? Well, I'll tell you how I feel. I don't feel very rested. I feel a little sad and a little guilty and definitely a little lazy. Maybe a bit rested, but probably not like I had hoped. If you have a relaxing weekend and, and you don't do a lot and, and you lay on the couch all weekend, how do you feel at the end of the day on Monday? I would guess you feel just as stressed and tired as you did before the weekend. My wife is really great at planning vacations. She's always planning a trip somewhere. And, and sometimes these trips are overnight. Sometimes they're a weekend trip. Sometimes they're week long. Sometimes they're with our kids. Sometimes they're with friends. And sometimes it's just the two of us. And one thing you have to know about me is I have a tendency to build these trips or vacations up in my mind. I mean, for, for weeks and, and months even before this trip, I think this, man, this trip is going to be so relaxing and so restful. I'm going to come back feeling so rested for months and months and months. I'm going to feel restored and refreshed and rested because of this trip. So what happens? We go on the trip and it's so, it's so fun. It's so fun. And sure, I get to relax, but I come back just as tired as ever. Now, I hope I don't sound ungrateful. I'm so grateful that we get to go on these trips. But at the end of the day, I do not come back rested. Maybe you felt the same thing. After a week back at work, after a big trip, you feel just as tired and stressed out than before. Why is that? Listen, I know that you are tired. I, I, I made a list of some things and I'm just going to straight up read it. I know that you're tired and, and I wrote some things down that you may be feeling right now. And I'm feeling some of these things right now too. You may be experiencing no peace in your life. There, there may be no peace in your life right now. Maybe there's some broken relationships in your, in your life. Maybe there's health concerns that you're facing right now. Maybe you just wake up every day and you don't feel well. Your body is in pain. Maybe you feel hopeless. Maybe you have a demanding job that just won't quit. Maybe you have a stressful 
home life or a heavy workload. Maybe you're dealing with anxiety or depression or mental illness. Maybe you care for someone who needs your constant attention. Maybe you're always on the run with a full calendar. Maybe you don't sleep well at night. Maybe your mind is always racing. Maybe you feel like you're always behind, barely keeping your head above the water. I know you're tired. We're all tired. We all feel this stress and the weight from just living, from just being. And maybe you're tired of trying vacations and days off and days on the couch and days watching Netflix and spa days to try to, try to soothe that, to try to ease that pain of that tiredness, to try to give some sort of rest and relaxation to your body, only to be more tired the next day. Now, let me be clear. I'm not discounting sleep. <laughs> this is not a tired that sleep can, can uh, cure. Okay, sleep is important. If you're only getting four hours of sleep at night and you're tired, go to sleep, sleep more, please. Go to bed earlier, sleep later, you should sleep. And I'm also not discounting things that you love doing. If you have hobbies, even if they don't give you rest, you should do those. There's a reason that you have likes and dislikes. But I believe that we were created in such a way that our bodies and our minds, and more importantly, our souls need rest. A rest that is beyond a spa day, a rest that is beyond a day on the couch, a rest that is beyond a weekend at the beach. And my hope for us today is to offer a solution, to offer you an option to experience rest like you have never experienced before. Now, it's not like an eternal rest, like you're going to die or something, but it's more like peace in every aspect, in every area of your life. There's a famous psalm, and, and you may have heard it at a wedding. You may have heard it at a funeral. And the, the psalm was written by a man named David. Now, David was a lot of things. He was a king, and he was a great leader, and he was a giant slayer. But David was also a shepherd. And he writes this psalm to give us this glimpse into the relationship between a shepherd and his sheep. And this is Psalm 23, and it starts this way. The Lord is my shepherd. David knew a lot about shepherds because he was one. He understood the unique balance and the unique relationship between the shepherd and the shepherd's sheep. He understood things about shepherds and sheep that others in his time probably understood, but not to the extent that he did. And David starts this psalm by saying that the Lord is his shepherd, making David the sheep. Now, there's a couple of things that you need to know about sheep. And um, I cannot recommend this book enough. It's A Shepherd's Look at, the, at Psalm 23 by W. Philip Keller. I think it's like four dollars or five dollars on Amazon you should get it it's incredible it gives us amazing great perspective on this relationship and how that connects us to God but a couple things that you need to know about sheep is this sheep are not very smart one would call potentially uh, sheep dumb maybe even stupid 
Uh, they don't defend themselves very well. They don't have, you know, big long fangs or, or talons. They, they're pretty helpless and they have a tendency to wander. They, they like to just wander off by themselves. You also have to realize the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd is pretty unique, uh, even more unique, I believe, than a, farm, a farmer to his farm animals. Uh, the shepherd cares for his creatures in his flock, the sheep in his flock, like a father cares for his children. The sheep become so connected to the shepherd that they can hear and know the shepherd's voice. And in this psalm, David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd, so I am his sheep. So anyone who's reading this who claims that the Lord is their shepherd is to be considered sheep. He continues, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Not craving or desiring anything more. A good shepherd knows how to provide for his flock. Not just what they need in materials, in food and in water, but in leadership and in guidance. Wanting more is a direct enemy to rest. Wanting more sends your mind into a deep dive, a deep dive of what I don't have. Ah, I don't have that. And I don't have that. And man, I really wish I had that, but I don't have that. It sends you into a deep dive of what you don't have. Wanting more sends your mind into a deep dive of, of what you have. I don't have that, but you have that. I don't have that, but she ha has that. I don't have that, but they have that. Wanting more sends your mind into a deep dive of how can I get it? I don't have it, you have it, and I want it. So how can I get it? I don't have it and I believe I deserve it. You have it and you definitely don't deserve it. And I want it. So how can I get it? How in the world can we rest when all that's going on in our mind? I'll tell you, we can't. There, there's no way to rest when that is going on in, on in your mind. Wanting more is a direct enemy to rest. We, um, we recently bought a camper which is so fun. We're, we're very excited about uh, going out on the open road and into the great unknown and camping. Uh, some would call it glamping, uh, but I take offense to that because we are outside technically. We do sleep inside and we do have a TV in it, but technically it is still camping. But here's what's kind of crazy about this whole experience that we, I've only kind of experienced for the last month or so. This thing, this camping thing that we bought to rest in, we bought to go on vacation and to rest, has become a vehicle for want. You see, when I'm in the camper or around the camper or thinking about the camper, I think, man, it'd be nice to have this. And, oh, it'd be nice. We should buy that. And, oh, look at that camper. They have that. We should get that what was actually intended to be a vehicle for rest has the potential to be fuel for want. A good shepherd provides everything a sheep needs. And since the sheep know that he has provided in the past, they trust that they will be provided for in the future. I want you to look back on your life. Right now, look back on your life. How has God provided for you? Even if you don't fully trust 
God right now. Even if you're not sure about what you feel about God or the Bible or church right now, look back at your life, write some things down. Was that God providing for you? Was that God providing for you? Maybe not what you wanted, but what you needed. Verse two says this, he makes me lie down in green pastures. It's interesting to me that David uses this language. I mean, at the end of the day, no one is making me lay down. No one is, I am exhausted. I am going to go to my bed and lay down all by myself. But, but if you do a little research on sheep, you find out that four conditions have to be met before sheep can rest. Four things have to, to be done or sheep will not rest properly. The first thing is they have to be free of all fear. If there's any fear or any frustration of fear happening going around, they will not rest. Since sheep rely on the shepherd for protection, they have a hard time feeling rested if they are threatened. Something as small as a jackrabbit can send a sheep or even a whole flock of sheep running in fear. The shepherd goes to great lengths to make sure that their sheep do not feel nervous, do not feel threatened, and do not feel fear. He knows the importance of rest and will fight man and beast to protect his flock. The second thing that sheep must have or they will not rest is free freedom from friction with others. While sheep are not the smartest creatures, they actually are able to create some sort of leadership within their flock, a pecking order, if you will. And since there is a ranking in place, it can cause friction and even drama between the sheep. I mean, can you imagine sheep drama? So the shepherd makes sure there's no friction in between each sheep. What friction do you feel right now? What fear do you feel right now? The third thing that a sheep has to experience uh, before they rest is freedom from stress, usually from pests. You, you see these bugs and these gnats and these fleas can drive a sheep insane. The constant biting and itching will make it so that sheep never feels relaxed or rested. A good shepherd will make sure he does what he needs to do to prevent these things from happening, to prevent these pests from bothering his flock. He'll cover their heads and their parts of their body with oils and ointments and balms so that these pests will not bother them so his flock can get proper rest. The last thing is this. Sheep must experience freedom from hunger. Like me, when I eat a bowl of cereal, every night before I go to bed. Sheep will not rest if they are hungry. The shepherd makes sure their needs are met so they not only stay healthy, but they can rest properly. David continues in the psalm. He says this, he leads me beside still waters. Sheep, like a lot of living things, need water. I mean, that might be obvious. I don't know. But the interesting thing about sheep is that they will not drink from any water if it's moving. So a river or a stream or even a creek, if it has any flow to it, is not appetizing to a sheep. A good shepherd will go and find still water and will lead his sheep 
to that water. The psalm continues in verse 3. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. A cast sheep, or sometimes called a cast down sheep, well, it's a sad sight. It's, it's, these, uh, it's a sheep where it gets flipped up on its back. Somehow it, it gets turned over and it's on its back with its legs up in the air, flailing around, unable to get back up. Sometimes they bleat to call out for help, but usually they, they just kind of jerk and move around, unable to get back on their feet. And if they do this long enough, they're stressed out long enough, they become frustrated, they can die. I mean, not only are they so stressed out that they can die, but they are easy targets for predators to come and just eat for dinner. A good shepherd watches. A good shepherd knows his sheep, knows where they are, keeps an eye on them. And if, sees, if that shepherd sees a cast sheep, will go and help its sheep to its feet, saving its life. Does your soul need to be restored? Do you feel like you're completely upside down, unable to turn yourself over again? That you've tried and tried and tried to get your head above the water, to fix your own problems, to find some sort of rest from what you're dealing with right now, only to come up short? We were never meant to restore our own souls. Like these sheep who are upside down, we can't help ourselves. Only the shepherd can. You see, Jesus, the good shepherd, came for that exact reason, to restore us, to restore our souls, to give our souls rest, to put us back on our feet so we can follow him, the good shepherd. In Matthew's account of Jesus' life, we see this in Matthew 11. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. That's everyone. That's everyone. Don't think that someone is, is not burdened or not weary just because they look like they have their lives together. Mm -mm. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. It really should just say all of you. All of you, and this is what it says, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Not like a spa day, not like a lazy day with Netflix, not like a week-long vacation, but I will give you rest like restoring your soul, like picking you back up on your feet again, leading you to still water, making you lie down in green pastures providing and protecting you like a good shepherd. So what does this mean for, for you and what does this mean for me? Well, it means a couple things. It means that, yes, your body does need physical rest. Sleep well, eat well, have fun with your friends, have time alone, do your hobbies. But I believe that you and I need something beyond that. We need something beyond that. We need rest that we can't find around us. We can't find by just going on vacation. We can't find by just going to a spa. We need rest that is beyond that, and it doesn't just happen. Just like with the guitar or with a kettlebell or a weight or a golf club, it doesn't just happen by accident. Finding rest doesn't just happen happen. 
And it can't be one week of your year. Rest can't be built around a trip to the beach or the mountains or Bahamas. It has to be a rhythm in your life. It has to be built into your week. Rest is intentional. But real rest, this rest I'm talking about, can be experienced when we're connected to the shepherd. Can only be experienced when we are connected to God. So what does that mean for you? It means a lot of things. How do you connect with God? That's how you find rest. I want to talk to two different people in the room right now. Maybe you're thinking, you know what? I, I really wouldn't consider myself a Jesus follower. I mean, this sounds great, but I, I don't even get how you would, would do that. Well, well, maybe for you today, for the first time, you need to connect with God, maybe, maybe, would you consider the Lord your shepherd? Maybe you're ready today to take a step in trusting him as your shepherd, as your savior, as your God. And for the other person in the room who would say, I I am a Jesus follower, but man, I've not felt connected in a long time. Or I am a Jesus follower, but I'm tired. I'm really tired and it's, it's really hard to get through the day. Reconnect with God. Reconnect with him. It's not like some mad boss who you have to go with your tail between your legs back to. It's like a loving shepherd who has found his lost sheep. Reconnect with God and find what works for you. I've tried a lot of things to to connect with God. Like once I tried to take a Bible out to the woods. Now I was just talking about how I want to enjoy the outdoors, but I wouldn't consider myself very outdoorsy. And I found a nice spot to sit down in the woods and I opened my Bible and um, it didn't work. (laughs) I was always like slapping these these bugs and there was a lot of noises and I, 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 I felt distracted. I couldn't do it. Find what works for you to connect with God. Find out what works. You were made for relationship with him. And Jesus came to live and to die and to be resurrected again to make a way for that relationship happen. But like every relationship in your life, time has to be spent. Time has to be spent. And when you spend time with God, you will find rest. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for everyone hearing my voice right now. God, I know they're tired. We're all tired. We're all facing something. We're all carrying something. But like the good shepherd you are, you want to take that off of us so we can experience rest. Rest beyond anything this world can offer. Rest beyond any of our troubles or our doubts or our problems, God. Thank you for sitting, Jesus, to make a way so that we can call you our shepherd. In your sons and me pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. 
please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.